What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. What's up, guys? It's MJ. Hope everybody's having a lovely Monday. Um, and a first, the amazing first week of August. Absolutely. Like I said, it's Leo season. I I sit here and I'm like, I'm thriving. I'm thriving <laughs> in depression. Depression is what I'm thriving in right now. Um, I have I have done nothing. So I've been writing and I can't really tell you guys anything about that because it's a secret. I will let you know that betas are absolutely like digging it like a motherfucker, but we shall see. Um, but other than that, I'm not really doing much. So Stevie, tell us what's going on in the book world. Um, let's see what I've got going on in the book world because first of all, Kindle is now letting me take out 20 books at a time. I should say Kindle Unlimited. And I have a stockpile of books that I need to read now. Of course you do. So I got the arc today for um, The Trouble with Number Nine by Piper Rain. Oh. Which I'm so excited to read because I've been dying for this book ever since I read um, My Lucky Number 13. Um, I also, what other books did I download recently? Um, I got Hard to Handle by Kay Brumberg. I'm really excited to dive into that book. Um, I also downloaded Crazy in Love by S.L. Scott. And I'm reading this book called That Night by K.I. Lynn, which is a surprise baby. Mm -hmm. Um, which ironically... I was having a chat with K.I. Lynn's PA the other day, and I was telling her, I was like, I love this story. I love the plot. I love the characters. I hate the guy's name. <laughs> What's his name? Richard. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say nothing. And I kept saying I keep wanting to call him Dick. <laughs> Why do people do that? Why do people call people Richard who go by Richard Dick? Because that's a nickname for Richard. I'm aware, but why? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm aware of what it is, but so why? Is it look, we're going to Google this live while we do this because why do I'm people sure. call like, I know, but why? Oh. Richard the nickname Dick. It's because, and it's going to come up and it's gonna be like because it's a nickname. And then I'm going to throw something at a wall. Okay, how how Dick came to be shorthand for Richard. This is on a website called Today I Found Out Feed Your Brain. Okay, nice. Um, today I found out why Dick is short for Richard. The name Richard is thought by most I'm not sure what word that is to derive derive from the pro Germanic meaning more or less hard ruler. That was adopted into Old High German as Richard, and from there to Old French, the Old English as Rich, Richard, and today as Richard. You might think from Richard meaning hard ruler and being a man's name that Dick being a nickname for Richard probably came about from projective reasonings, <laughs> borrowing from one of the other meanings of Dick, such as Dick as in jerk or Dick as in penis. <laughs> However, the first record of Dick meaning jerk didn't come around until a few hundred years after its association with Richard, 
and the first record of it referring to a penis wasn't until the 1890s as a British Army slang term. Exactly how the latter meaning came about isn't known, but a slang term that was considered somewhat uncouth to put on paper. Because of that, dick meaning penis probably had been around well before the 1980s and not nearly long enough before it had contributed to the Richard Dick connection. So here we go. How Dick became a nickname for Richard is known and is one of those knee bone connected to the thigh bone type progressions, somewhat similar to how they say the word soccer came about. Due to having people to write everything by hand, shortened versions of Richard were common, such as Rick or Rich. And this term gave rise to the nicknames like Richie Rick or Ricket. And Rick rhymes with Dick. I got it. People also used to like rhyming names, then someone was who was nicknamed Rich might further be nicknamed Hitch. Thus, Rich, Richard, Rick, Rick gave rise to the nicknames like Dick and Hick around the 13th century. That is the stupidest thing I have ever heard in my life. But okay, I'll take it. What a, what a thing. There's one that says, why do we call parents mom and dad? We're going to need to do a live episode just to do this. For real, though. That's great. I need to save this website. <laughs> I am super excited to talk to the author that we have going on. She is a really good friend of ours now. Indeed. She's and we absolutely Canada. adore her. But uh, you want me to go ahead and read her bio? Yes. All right. <clears throat> Amy Alves is an avid reader of romance, fantasy, and science fiction. Fine. Mostly romance, but she sprinkles in other genres now and then. She began writing a couple years ago, and it's been a journey she didn't know she was meant to take. Now she writes the stories she craves and the characters she hopes are real to someone, somewhere. Without further ado, let's go chat with Amy Alves. Thank you so much for joining us on the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. Our lovely friend, Amy Alves. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here. We, oh gosh, I'm sorry I dropped something. We are super excited to talk to you. We have been ready for this episode forever. Can't wait. <laughs> um, so I think we're just going to go ahead and jump right on in to questions about your books. I'm going to let Stevie take the first one and then if she wants me to take the rest of them, I will. Or we'll just, I'll go, you can go with it. Okay, I'll go first. Um. Okay. We're, so we're gonna what book are we even starting with now I forget <laughs> I'm not having a good day I think the series are we gonna talk about yeah the we're, so we're gonna start with the was, Landry Love series I'm as a whole looking at the question I was like <laughs> okay go okay so where did you get the idea for the small town and did it did anywhere in particular inspire it yes actually um and actually there's little hints throughout all the whole series actually like a little um, hidden Easter egg. Little Easter eggs, yeah. Um, I am obsessed with Gilmore Girls, huge fan mm. since the very first day it came out. Um, so I've always thought, you know, small town charm, loved it. Um, also just reading as well. There's a lot of small town romance that I just tend to gravitate towards. Um, yeah, I like that tight-knit community where that can produce great things or it can also end in in kind of horrendous situations so I like the mix you never know what you're gonna get in a small town um a small city um when I when I was younger my city was only about uh I think about it was under 50,000 people Mm -hmm. um it's since doubled 
so it's a bit a little bit bigger yeah um but yeah never in a really small town like Landry's 7,000 people um so I've never been yeah I've never been in a really small town all right bro Richlands where I grew up like listen to me I love reading small town romances right and these like cute little towns that people write Mm -hmm. right because I'm like where the hell is this Right <laughs> that's now, not where I live <laughs> I'd say right now we got population maybe 8,000 maybe my oh, graduating wow. class my graduating class had like I think like 90 people if that if that so I was just like I, I read all these cute romances and I'm like this isn't I don't know where these are people are finding but I got one stoplight yeah. and a dollar general and that's about it so I got yeah. like eight dollar generals and like seven subways one Walmart and an auto zone that was that was it (laughs) that's literally it and so I always love reading people's like small towns because I'm like oh I wish my town was like that I don't live there anymore but I was like I want to fall in love with somebody you know in this small town and I don't have that (laughs) and so even when you were like you didn't have the like the meddlesome neighbors that kind of sometimes yeah bro you had all that yeah I grew up in the bible belt also so your grandma's (laughs) best friend knew what you were fucking gonna do before you even did it like I'd show up at my grandma's house and like southern culture is both great and awful like I show up to my grandma's house for like Sunday dinner because that's a thing like if you weren't if you're not there for Sunday dinner you're freaking in trouble and so Sunday dinners obviously falls after the day Saturday which is usually when people get drunk and so when I got older in high school, like junior, senior, and I'd come, I'd come after parties on Sundays, bro. My grandma would already know how much I drank, who I was with, where I was at. I was like, damn, grandma, get out of my business. Couldn't get away with anything. No, I'd walk in. She'd be like, I heard about what you were doing last night. And I was like, grandma, bro, I didn't even do anything last night. <laughs> Did you ever go like out of town to a different, smaller town to try to avoid that? Well, see where Richlands is, right? If you look at it on a map, it's literally like my county. The county is kind of like multiple small towns. Like you have Richlands, Lebanon, Taswell in like a little area. And so like we're maybe like, like Lebanon's like 20 minutes from us. Taswell's like 10, but they're their own towns. So those are the other small towns we would go to. But even then they'd still know, like <laughs> your grandparents would still know that you were freaking, I don't know, shotgunning a beer with old Bobby Joe's son from down the road. Like, so damn. yeah you really couldn't escape oh no nah, it was awful but it's fine it's fine I, I mean like, I like books a lot that better. sounds great I mean you should write small town then you know no, I shouldn't because it would be awful because I would be very like condescending to the town <laughs> but that would be fun <laughs> in of itself right there. I'm not even joking you I wrote a small town in my rock star romance like it's not it isn't based there it's a road trip but I was like writing about it and I was getting very aggressive from the <laughs> corner female character's point of view and when my babies were like damn she's really harsh on her town and I was like I should probably bring that in a little bit that's that's me like projecting I'm projecting (laughs) anyway so in book one the experiment we meet Emma and Jess and they make a deal for her to be his fake girlfriend I about said fiance and for him to be her dating coach which I love the dynamic of I just I love a girl who needs help okay I love a girl who needs help in the dating thing and she goes after the player guy and then he falls it's it's just great it's a I love the trope that's a thing I love it so what was your favorite thing about writing Emma and Jess's story definitely writing Emma's character she she's a hot mess um she's socially awkward blunt um so just you know looking at like oh what can I have Emma do next 
Yeah. Um, it's why when I did my first draft of um, the experiment, it ended up being about 130,000 words. Cause I was just like, yeah, well, she should do all these things. <laughs> and no, she shouldn't. <laughs> so I had to, there's a lot of, um, yeah, deleted scenes for sure. Rough. But yeah, so I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed writing her character and all the awkward things that she says. I got to, um, <laughs> I got to unleash my inner awkward, which I love that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like letting, letting your freak fly. Yep. I was like, <laughs> what could I do in this situation that I have to rein in on a daily basis? Um, and I'm just going to put it in there. Yeah. So. I literally am cringing on the inside. <laughs> I've got like six more chapters to go. And I'm like, I just hit like 110. Like my, this book's going to be like 145K. <laughs> That's okay. And, no, but this is the thing, right? I don't know what's cut. Like I was going, I go back like, cause I'll stress myself out. Like, it's not that I, I would rather have a book be longer than I would have it be shorter. Like, obviously I'm feeling it enough that I am allowed, like I'm putting enough into it. But at the same time, I like look at it and I'm like, oh my God, like I go back and I'm like, I don't know what to cut. I like it all. I don't want to take any of it out at yeah. all. So my latest is way longer than it should be too. Um, the book four and it's with the beta readers. And like the first thing I ask them, like if there's one thing that I really need help with you looking at, it's what can I cut? Cause this is like 20,000 words over oh. my, what it should be. So me though yeah do you know what purple prose is no okay it's basically where an author uses like a lab like it's like prose that's almost like too elaborate oh like flowery extraneous information with okay Okay. me though i'll spend like 50 (laughs) chapters explaining like the the location of a lamp Oh, um, that's an exaggeration, but I do have tendencies to explain things like a little too much. And that's just because I am used to reading like uh, horror and like Stephen King. Right. And so in order to do that, he's like extra with the scripting, Mm -hmm. like describing things. So I'm extra when I'm describing things and beta's like, bro, you took like five chapter, like five sentences to describe the dirt. And I don't know if we need all that. I'm like, but I like it. Probably not integral to the story. Probably not, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. anyway steve you can take the next question all right book two which is the denial game and that is taylor and lauren um who are co-workers and friends then things change so what was your inspiration for these two um i had a couple of things i'm a teacher um so there's that and um <laughs> i taught for i taught full-time for about 11 years mm-hmm. and as you see new teachers come and go, even previous teachers that were there before me, lots of teachers meet, fall in love, get married. And it's just, I don't know, I think it's fun. Yeah. Um, and I really like the whole friends to lovers trope. It's one of my favorites. And then add in kind of the workplace teacher aspect. And I thought Dude. that's where I want to be. Yeah. I literally when hearing about this book, right? Okay, I'm gonna tell this story about when I was in elementary school. And obviously, I don't think that my elementary school teachers are ever going to hear this. But um, (laughs) if they do, uh, sorry, I'm talking about you guys. Uh, So I had this teacher, her name was Miss Noel, I'm dropping their last names and everything. Um, Miss Noel and Mr. Davis, Mr. Davis was our PE teacher, and she was my math teacher. And elementary school for me was like fourth grade. Okay. And so 
she's really pretty. He was so attractive. Like, obviously, as an elementary schooler, I was like, oh, my God, he's so cute. But then I got to high school, and I was like, damn, he's still fine as hell. But I basically, like, they, she was really pretty, and he was really attractive. And us as elementary schoolers were like, oh, my God, they would be such a cute couple. And they would, like, hang out with each other in the gymnasium before, like, they released us to go to classes and stuff. Bro, they're married and got two kids now. Yeah, yeah. I was like, that happened to a teacher I had in high school. And ironically, he was also one of our um, junior chaperones for our trips to New York that we would t- be allowed to take, like our junior class one-on-one trip to New York. And he was our bus monitor for that one. And of course, he goes to change the DVD in the in the coach bus. And every, he's bent over, hunched down, and every, with his butt up in the air. And all the girls are like this. <laughs> and my mom's sitting next to me and goes did something just happen because all the girls heads went this way and yeah. we had another teacher on there who was a I think she was a field hockey coach or lacrosse and ironically those two got married and they have two girls their oldest girl's about to turn 13 mm-hmm. that just really shows my age I'm telling you bro I it happens it. a lot yeah um but I worked in a catholic school system oh shit okay right um (laughs) (laughs) it's okay I still I do that too um and they we're gonna say frowned upon um they frowned upon fraternization so you couldn't have relations with um other people on staff that it was it was frowned upon it wasn't technically I don't think you could get fired for it um But the problem was if you were to say move in together before getting married um, or problem mm -hmm, um, that you can get fired for. And I I do know teachers that were encouraged to get married before they signed their contract because joke. Are you serious? Very, very serious. Yeah. Is it funny I that Charity- I hope nobody I know that still works in the division is listening to this? It's funny because Charity Farrell actually just wrote a book. One of her, I think it's straight up. It's the fourth one in this in her um Twisted Box series. The the girl teaches at a Catholic high school or Catholic elementary school or something, and she gets pregnant by her principal. Oh no! Yeah, and the principal is married. She didn't know he was married. And oh, the whole time I'm sitting there like people are getting fired is what's right. <laughs> I mean I can say this because my grandfather's Catholic <laughs> I don't know who if you're Catholic that's I mean obviously I don't give a crap what you believe in but um my grandpa's cat's Roman Catholic so like old Catholic right and yeah like my man's crazy as hell like mm-hmm. I mean like when he found out that I was currently like I was dating my current husband my current like I've been married multiple times when I when I was dating my husband you've been married we moved we moved in together before we got married because I'm not Mm -hmm. a religious person so it's not like something I valued um but when my grandpa found out lord god called me on the phone bitched me out for like a good 10 minutes and then was like go say hail marys and go to sleep and I was like all right grandpa you ditched that right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I did not do that um (laughs) so little tidbit about me um I when I first started teaching, um, moved back um, yeah. to my hometown, got a job with the, di- like the school division um, where I went to school, which made it easy because I knew a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but my husband, now husband, um, then boyfriend, of course, yeah. uh, decided to 
buy a house together. And so we had to move in together, but I had to, I had to try not to make friends. It was (laughs) because if they found out their response, like it's, they're obligated to say something um because I like that's too much in my business I couldn't teach there I feel like I'm it's, married it's okay I don't wear a wedding ring I feel like yeah. that's too much in my business though it is and it's I think it's one of those things where if you know if they don't know but then you have to be really careful and it was just it was yeah. so stressful because my view is that I want to know if I can live with that person forever so right. you know exactly. let's let's give this a trial and then yeah. then we'll make some decisions exactly same you know? though I'm not trying to tether myself to somebody for the rest of my life but I don't know if you wash your ass in the shower like I need to right. know I need to they know can have some freaky freaky business going on exactly you got people in your basement because I need to know <laughs> so, um Stevie you want to take book five you want to take question five too because you love this book yes I haven't got to this book yet Okay, book three is The Forever Plan, which is definitely one of my favorite books. Um, and that's Evan and Willa. And this is a high school sweetheart second chance book. And let's just say Evan, he should have been smacked very early on. Yeah. <laughs> for he does choices. some things he thinks are, are best for everybody and instead makes decisions for everybody in it. But what I love oh, is Willa, Willa coming home and was and just like we're going to be friends. Yeah, we're, we're going to do this my way. She's decided she's making the decisions now. Yeah. So. Exactly. So, yeah. was there anything about this book that's actually surprised you? Definitely, yes. This book was supposed to be a novella. Um, so much yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I can. It'll be thirty thousand words. It's quick, quick read. Yeah. And then I was at 40,000 words and I wasn't even halfway done yet. So um, the story definitely progressed. It built. I fell in love with the characters. I built side characters that now need their own books too. And it was just, yeah, it was just a lot. So like, you know, it developed and then, then it became in whatever it was, 80, 85,000 word book. And, and one of my favorites for sure. This is my husband's favorite book. This one. Oh, I love this okay, one. wait. I am going to further ask about that question that you just said about your husband reading your books when we get to writing questions, but that's sounds good. Don't think I'm just passing that up. (laughs) Um, So what can fans expect from the love words, which is Chloe and Hayden's story? I'm very excited about this book because I'm very used to reading and, you know, a lot of my books have been kind of more of a friend's developing into lovers, like a friends to lovers theme. Um, and so this is an enemies to lovers. I knew it was coming. I was ready. I'm so excited. Yeah. <laughs> so I allude to it in, um, books one and three for sure. Um, at the end of three, there's a little bit more kind of sets you up for book four. Um, and so Chloe is a nurse practitioner. She's moving back home. She's been avoiding yeah, home for a while. Um, and she, she's been avoiding home because of Hayden. Um, and so she decides she's going to move back home and she doesn't care. And she's going to take a stance and, and annoy him as much as he annoys her. And, uh, Hayden is a single dad and mechanic. Oh, I love it. Part-time bartender. (laughs) So he's kind of everywhere and, uh, they have to try to get along. So something happens that, um, kind of pushes them together and uh to kind of call a truce a little bit and uh from there things get things get things get real good Chloe's my girl man she's a 
she's something else in that one bar scene that when she sees Hayden, I'm just like, yeah, she loses it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. me though. I don't give a shit. I got no filter. Look, you haven't read <laughs> the Forever Plan yet, but you need to because Willa carries around a cat. Yeah, into a bar. Oh my god, that's me. My emotional support and animal. a rabbit. It's my emotional support animal. So I had a reader ask me about um the animals now because it's Will is a huge animal lover. She's vet. Like it's if you love if you love animals, this book you're gonna love it. Um, but she had a reader ask me like, oh, so do you have like do you have cats? Do you have like what kind of animals do you have? I have no pets. Um. <laughs> I just I'm allergic to cats (laughs) I'm allergic to cats my son's allergic to dogs like it's a whole it's a whole thing I have the perfect animal for you I'm ready it is a rat I'm less ready uh uh-huh she said I'm less ready (laughs) I know that that sounds very very crazy Mm -hmm. I don't want to get her I don't want to get her out right now I have a rat her name is Calypso uh and I promise you, like, if you go to a breeder and you can get them at, like, traditional pet stores and get them, they're hypoallergenic, they don't bite your children, and they're some of the best pets you could ever have. You can train them. My Calypso's potty trained. She can go through mazes. Like, she's genuinely, and they're really cuddly. Like, they chill, and they don't pee on you. They don't poop on you. They don't do anything like that. They're genuinely one of the best. I've had multiple pets. I've had birds. Um, I have had cats. I've had dogs. Like I've had the whole rabbits. I've had the whole goats. I've had the whole nines. And rats are my favorite animal. They are literally wow. some of the best pets you'll ever have. So that is not what I thought you were going to say. What did you think um, I was going to say? I'm not a, like a reptile of some kind. Oh, I mean, I want an, a, a python, but I'd have to keep them in like separate rooms. I would say the yes. Python that's would de- I feel like it good would pet a parent planning right there. Yeah. I feel like we need a poll on how many animals does Stevie own. <laughs> I think that you would like. Having I have eight animals, by the way. Eight. I have five cats, two a dog, and two bunnies. I'm serious. Wow. I'm telling you, rats are no different than gerbils, and gerbils are mean as shit. And everyone's like, "Oh my god, hamsters and gerbils are so cute." So are rats. It's just they have a bad rep because in the wild they're kind of filthy. <laughs> yes but we actually it, don't have any rats in Alberta I think maybe we do now but for a long time like well, there were no wild there's no rats here they're like you disgusting you you get them from a breeder and you raise them from you know youngin they're seriously some of the sweetest creatures and the cool thing about it well it's not cool it's actually kind of sad and I mean I've had I've had Calypso for a few months now so I mean we've got a few more years to go but they don't live very long they live to maybe two years so they're a medium oh, okay to, short-term pet so um I obviously didn't want I live in an apartment so I didn't want to get a dog because I feel like you know they don't have enough time to like run around and I didn't want a cat so yeah rat they're rat. great get them I'm get telling you, know. you my son would love that actually pets ever. <laughs> it's like yeah let's go get one <laughs> and honestly him and the rat would be best friends because children are great with rats because they they like at around like midnight she'll wake up and she'll want to play so I let her run around in my office while I'm working and so yeah they're some of the best pets ever like but they are nocturnal so they sleep during the day oh okay well but you turn okay. the lights off you just freak them out like keep the light on during the night and turn the light off when you want to play with them during the day so this and, would not be a keep in your room animal yeah keep in your room animal well you know but what the light but situation I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, you, could keep it. I get, you could keep it. You could definitely keep it in the room. You could definitely keep it in the room. 
Okay. I mean, you I'm can gonna... figure out a way to make it work. You can figure we'll out. We'll see. Way I'll point Watch, one out when we go to the pet she's store. Gonna be like, <laughs> she's gonna I'm message gonna us like, I got a rat. <laughs> I'm gonna send you pictures of Calypso and it's gonna change your mind. You're gonna love her. All right. Sounds all right. Good. So, anyway, Stevie, ask your your favorite question of all time. Um, if you can pick one of the Landry Loves books to be turned into a movie, which one would you choose and who would you cast as the roles? I'd say this is one of the harder questions you said you were going to ask me. Um, okay, I think the experiment would be excellent made into like a rom-com. Um, I see that. But, because I think it would be funny and sweet. But I like the denial game, I think, better because it has a bit of intrigue and drama and sass. I just like Lauren's character. (laughs) Yeah, she's so sassy and I think it'd be so great. And also, because I know exactly who would play them. Oh. It would be Sophia Bush. Okay, I don't know who that is. Look it up. You do too, from One Tree Hill. One Tree Hill. Mm -hmm. Or Davis. With the raspy voice. Do I look like I watch One Tree Hill? Well, now you know what you need to do. I forget how old she is. I know who she is. I first She's of all, almost forty. One Tree Hill's got nothing to do with my age. I tried to watch One Tree Hill, watched the whole first season, and was just like, "eh, wasn't for you." I you can't do the first. the The high school years are very hard on. They are. I, I think they were some of the worst seasons that they actually had. Because you I kind think of have to get through got, that. Right, you have to get yeah. through the high school seasons. I think everything from where the school shooting happened mm-hmm. on is the some of the best seasons thing, they had the only thing that i was even semi interested in was Haley and nathan nate yeah and that was because mm-hmm. it was Amy lovers type vibe if you once you get to the later seasons because that their storyline is so prominent and dramatic like, it gets right like gets crazy like when you get the crazy carrie and mm-hmm. um when he hurt hurts his back okay oh then what's the singer's name again um uh uh mia no but the oh oh friends oh you're talking about chris keller yes tyler hilton (laughs) i love tyler hilton on there (laughs) he said the chris keller this is my rat (sighs) this is calypso oh nice oh okay that's that's not what i imagined (laughs) (laughs) really cute she's so she's so adorable oh wait wait wait! you gotta watch this video of her eating you're so cute see i'm telling you my son would want that for sure he would want to rat for sure definitely can recommend it okay sorry now for the now for the guy who you want chris evans Mm. Mm -hmm. that'd be a good pairing yeah listen to me there's got to be something wrong with him psychotically because there should be no reason why he's single and he's like so gentlemanly and like i'm like yeah he kills people definitely oh, something where he's okay. got like some type of weird kink like he likes to be pooped on or something <laughs> i'm serious he went straight to poop to be well, i mean like i'm trying to, to think well i'm trying to think of the stuff that i wouldn't do like what's a kink that a girl really wouldn't do for chris evans i'm not it's sure there's much pooping on people mm. oh he'd still find someone i'm sure oh my god but it's i mean there's some there's got to be something wrong with him like not wrong but i mean there's got to be something up maybe right? it's that he's discerning you know like he it's choosy maybe he's a dick Could be. He i'm telling you he probably kills people yeah that's gotta be it he's probably got a couple girls in his basement someone should look into this definitely <laughs> definitely so i love chris evans he's so hot um oh have you seen the video of him jumping into his pool during the winter no 
I'm on. <laughs> you need to go look up the video of him jumping into his pool during the winter and just uh, watch it a few times so you get the whole picture. <laughs> Hey, I don't even know what to expect here, but it's going mean, to be. even his shorts, it's just, it's like a gray sweatpant moment. Oh. <laughs> I love him. My God. I'm just Googling right now. You know, you're fine. Google away. I know what you're Googling, so take all the time you need. The backflip into the pool? Absolutely. That is it. <laughs> He's going to die. Uh last swim before the pool hibernates oh god <laughs> dramatic build up this is so Waiting. good hold on my internet has you're been fine. awful you're totally fine are those tattoos real yeah they're real shut up yeah yeah for real i just need to look at the southern region god it's so hot how is it fair that he's that hot i don't know and apparently well endowed <laughs> I saw that. Oh, that's a rough mistake. So he's gotta be. He has gotta be. He's gotta be a killer. He's like Sex Life, see, um, episode three. <laughs> that's a weapon. That's a weapon. Okay. My sister called me the other day and goes, "What? What was the time again?" So I can show Ellie this. Scene. Twenty minutes yeah. in. Twenty minutes in, ladies. Um, um, I showed it to my husband, oh, and wow. I didn't. I don't think I prefaced it with anything either. I just showed it to him. He's like, well, that's a dick. I was like, yeah. <laughs> my, my husband heard me talking about it. And while I was on a podcast talking about it, he goes on and then I get off the podcast and he was like, so sex life season three, 20 minutes in. And I was like, yeah, there's a penis. And he was like, I know I saw it. Yeah. Like, it's hard to miss the vag breaking penis. My brother watched it and was like, Well, um, I'm jealous. I was like, Most men are. But, so moving but I don't know. Like, don't you think women would like runs a little scared? Uh his girlfriend is the girl from Sex Life. I know. Ooh. I know, but you know who she left though that I didn't know that she like left? Is the is Kevin from Shameless. And that makes me so sad because I love oh, him. I did hear that, yeah. I love him. All right. Anyways, moving on. Yeah, to I would leave we got caught up. Too. Moving on to writing questions. When did you realize you first realized you wanted to be a writer slash author? In high school, um, I was part of um, the journal um, that they had there, and um, there was an English teacher that ran it, and he was very encouraging. and And awesome. he actually just retired this year. No. Oh. <laughs> he actually just retired this year. I went to his retirement party um, and kind of thanked him because he was he was uh, definitely a driving force in uh, getting me to to write creatively. Mm -hmm. um, and then in in I kind of put that aside when I started um, university and uh, or college. I don't know. I feel like it's a Canadian thing to say university. Um, Uni. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, I had an English in one of my education classes. I had an, an English, uh, kind of like a how to teach English language arts class. Mm -hmm. And she had us do a creative writing project there. Then she told me, hey, you know, you could actually make this a thing. You should, you should try writing this book. Because I did like a few chapters of a book. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, cool. I was like, but I'm kind of going to do this teaching thing first. And then, and then we'll see. Because self-publishing then wasn't a thing, right? Yeah. So, Yeah. Yeah, kind of for a long time. And I've always been an avid reader. So it, uh, I was off work 
for a mat leave when I decided, why don't I try writing a book and kind of went from there. I love that. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a reoccurring thing is that people like hit a point in their life where they're like, you know what, fuck it. I'm just going to write yeah. You know, it's probably exactly my thought process. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna do it. Nah, but see, my thing is, I want my English teacher is drove me. Like I, like I always wanted to be a writer, but like I guess like like I hear her voice in the back of my head, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna keep writing just so I can one day become like. I, I mean, eventually, okay. I would love to eventually have like a title as like a USA Today or Wall Street Journal or a New York Times, which is like de- distant in the future. I realize, mm-hmm. but if I am ever to do that, I'm name dropping that bitch in a dedication because in a negative way. In a negative way. Uh-oh. Actually, I'm not going to say anything negative in the book, but she's going to know that oh. I know that I hate her. And now everybody so, also who watches this or who listens to this, they already know because I've talked about it before. Oh, good, good, <laughs> but, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I literally, she was a, she was a B-I-T-C-H to me. And it was because I genuinely think that she was just like, like, first of all, she didn't like me because I talked to people and obviously teachers are like, okay, you can't can't talk to other people during class, whatever. I didn't, but I was like talkative when we were allowed to talk. I had a lot of friends. I dropped a pencil like fourth day of class with her. And I told my friend Jordan, I will never forget this, told him to pick it up. And he was laughing as he was like trying to reach it. And then she like jumped my bones, bro, like pissed off to the office. And I was like, I'm just telling him to get my pencil, my guy. What are you doing? So she like took me out to class, made a big deal out of it, made a big deal, took me out of the class. She's like, you cannot be disrupting in class. And I was like, I was just trying to ask him to get my pencil. And she was like, I don't need back talk. And then she made me read a poem that I had wrote in front of everybody, like not knowing what it was about. I read it and she was like, that's actually kind of good. And I was like, I know bitch and so like from from that point on I did not like her she did not like me so one day I'll do it I'll name drop that hoe right in there I'm gonna send her a copy anywho are you a plotter pantser or somewhere in between I am almost obsessively a plotter until I start writing and then things go sideways usually. <laughs> so I, I have like a plotting process that happens to change every book. And so I, I try to plot out the main things and some of the, you know, the beats, the things that you normally would see. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I get kind of lost in the weeds a little bit and I get a little too specific. And then when I get to actually writing the scenes, lots of the stuff I, I plotted isn't relevant anymore (laughs) I do the same thing yeah I literally do the same thing I literally will be like writing like I'll be plotting I plot the whole thing and then I'll be in there and I'll be like I don't even know why I thought that I could write that I don't that's stupid don't even put that in there (laughs) and I I literally do that to myself I'll have conversations where I'm like literally insulting myself because I'm like who plots that like what is wrong with you (laughs) and it could be weeks later so you're like did I intentionally do that was that did I mean to do this I hope that was a typo yeah. <laughs> or sometimes my first draft is so like, so I word dump my first draft and then my second draft, which is always like pretty difficult. I go back and I fix things. And sometimes I'll be like reading a sentence and I'll like forget like eight words or like, I'll just be, have like a point and I'll be like, what the hell was I trying to say here? Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I am confused. Yeah. Um, so do you have any interesting writing quirks? Like, do you have to eat Twizzlers or like have to write at a certain time of day? Something of that nature. 
Um, so a couple of things. Uh, one, I tend to wear reading socks because <laughs> my feet get really cold. So I always like when I'm in like, okay, I'm going to write, put my reading socks on. Oh my God. It's the sock version of me. Yeah. Do you do that too? I put on a hoodie. Hoodie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, like, but it has to be the same. You get cold? No, 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 no. It has nothing to do with being cold. I will turn my down. So I am cold, but I have to, there's like a specific hoodie. Like if I start a book in a certain hoodie, I have to finish the book in the hoodie throughout the whole thing. I wash it, but it's like when I slip it on, it's like, okay, this is not the hoodie I'm writing in currently. The hoodie I'm writing in currently is somewhere on my floor, but um, right. yeah, that's the one with the writing juice on it. Hey, yeah, I slip <laughs> it on and I'm like, that was the most Canadian thing you've said on this podcast. <laughs> that was right. <laughs> but I slip it on and I'm Check. like, juices but yeah I get it okay anyways talk about your sock sorry <laughs> um yeah no that's that so like the lined ones do you know what I'm talking about no they're like really fuzzy on the inside yes they're like real thick and like real thick come up to your knees yeah I know what you're talking about they are basically heaven on your feet um so I put those on um and then for writing time um I know a lot of people who wake up early to write before they go to work or to do things like that. I cannot write in the morning, um, mostly because I am a wreck in the morning. I'm not a morning person. Um, So I usually write in the evening after the kids are in bed. And that's when I find more of my, my creativity comes out. So me too. But then I see these authors, Instagram stories, they've been putting in like 5k words for seven o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, I feel so inadequate, but then I have come to learn that process is that progress is progress whether that mm-hmm. progress progress is progress whether that progress be at 7 p.m 1 a.m or 5 a.m i'm making yeah. moves and i don't think it matters what time i feel creatively inspired yeah so i have to remind myself of that sometimes when i see somebody like drop a word count at four o'clock in the morning and i'm like Sure. Well, and there's like brain biology comes into play too, right? So what time of day, if you usually stay up until one, two in the morning writing, then you'd be on a different mental schedule than, than someone who goes to bed at nine and wakes up at five in the morning. Right. Literally could never. No, me neither. Yeah. I wake up now by myself, which I have trained myself to do. Took me like months, but wake up at eight when I'm not Mm -hmm. on a deadline, (laughs) a deadline. I don't even go to sleep. So, um, I, but yeah, I commend anybody who can write at like seven o'clock in the morning. Cause I'm just trying mm-hmm. to lay in bed, watching TikTok, trying to drink some coffee, <laughs> trying to wake up a little. Yeah. So what do you like to do when you're not writing? Oh, um, well I'm a mom. So when I, I don't have a lot of free time. Um, <laughs> but when I do, I tend to read a lot. Yeah. Um, prior to writing, I would read like a book a day. Yeah so easy and um we have gotten I, we camp I, tr- I tried to get into gardening a few years ago okay mm-hmm. and it went well the first couple of years this year we've had so many heat waves after the the plants basically burnt after the first heat wave I was like well sayonara I guess um yeah, not no more gardening nope <laughs> no, we're done if if the if mother nature is not going to water you I'm not going to bother so <laughs> same though me too i there's an orchid above my desk right now see that it's got yeah, about, it looks great nope it's got about two more days left because i got what? it like three days ago for my oh, husband. so that's its life expectancy oh yeah for me definitely mm-hmm. i am 
like I, I put on my Instagram caption when I posted a picture of them I was like P.S. if anybody could teach me how to not kill these things that'd be great and I got a bunch of DMs but apparently orchids are like the hardest thing to keep alive and I was like You're very finicky yeah bye bitch sorry I'm can't sorry I am not a gardener no. um so what does your family think of your writing and have any of them read your books we were definitely earlier earlier yes uh yeah my whole family knows um they're super supportive uh, my mom is one of my alpha readers so I'll work through plot details and stuff with her and even if I call her at like 11 o'clock at night I'm like listen Hayden and Chloe this scene I need help what do you I think yeah she's really great about that and she she's read a lot of romance too mm-hmm. um and then oh then my husband of course he he beta reads for me so he'll go through and he leaves <laughs> So it'll be a Google Doc and he'll leave all these comments. Um, <laughs> it just kills me. It'll be, he'll highlight a word and be like, mm, this isn't a real word, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You just don't know it. And then we argue back and forth in the comments. Um, and then I'll like paste the, you know, the dictionary, dictionary.com, like the definition. And he'll be like, no, I don't believe you. This is actually the name of a dinosaur. Like, and so <laughs> I really love this. And so my mom was saying when she was looking through my sister, um, my sister will beta read sometimes when she has time, but she's really busy. Um, and she'd be like, your, you and Cody's comments are actually more distracting. Like the, that's the entertainment. I'm missing out on reading the book because I have to go through and read all you guys' comments. Oh my God. I love it. You know what you should do? You should add that as a newsletter portion in your newsletter. Yeah. I did save some of them. So I'll have to put them in, in the you next. You need to like start screenshotting them. And mm-hmm. put them in like a newsletter, have like a newsletter section of like Amy and Amy's husband. And like <laughs> this is what we did for Cat. Cat. So Cat's husband likes to make like um, gourmet meals, and he's a really really good cook. Apparently, so oh, wow. she started taking pictures of them, and puts on there cooking with Mr. Singleton. Cute. And well, she'll post pictures of what her meals look like that her husband has made. So they get included, and then like Lisa, Lisa Suzanne put um has a spot where her dad <laughs> writes comments about her books. Yeah, and then Candy Steiner does the um her mom, Ask Mama Vaughn. Yes, yeah. Love Mama Vaughn. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I should do that. He always uh, he always puts in really great stuff. So yeah, and his. Go ahead. Sorry. So I was going to say his favorite book is um, the Forever Plan, but his favorite character is Taylor from the Denial Game. And I remember spitballing with him about, you know, like, I think, I think I'm going to have this happen in a later book. And he's like, no, you can't do that to Taylor. (laughs) Whoa. Okay. Sorry if I'm about to crush a little bromance here. I'm obsessed. I love this. Why is my husband not like this? I'm so sorry. Taylor and Lauren are, they are like an iconic couple in the series. They're so cute. Yeah. People really didn't like though. Like, you know, in every romance novel, the breakup scene, people were a little bit crushed. Oh, yeah. yeah, I like seeing her in book three too, though, because <laughs> you're also going to like her in book four. <laughs> she gives Evan a hard time. She does. She like mama's <laughs> the crap out of him. <laughs> Evan's always like, Taylor, come get your girlfriend. Yeah, then he'll just come and pick her up and take her away. That's literally me. That's literally me, though. So I'm not sure if we added this before or after you read the questions, but what is the weirdest thing you had to Google for a book? I know the answer to this because she just told me this answer the other day. <laughs> I did. Um, okay, so the current book that I'm working on, and I remember to use incognito mode. 
on Google <laughs> Chrome this time, thankfully. <laughs> so that way weird shit doesn't do? pop up on Facebook. Um, anal play. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm here for it. Yes, yeah. sister. Yeah. When I told my mom, um, cause she was like, oh, is the book almost ready? Blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just writing the epilogue. I was like, but you're going to probably want to skip a few scenes this time. And she's like, why is it, is it steamier? Like what's going on? And I'm like, um, I'm like, am I on speaker? <laughs> so she was like, no. And I was like, okay, butt stuff. And she was like, oh, Amy. Oh. I was like, it's fine, mom. It's just, you know, it's fine. Butt stuff. Yeah. So then I highlighted the section in the document and I was trying to be nice. Okay. I was trying to warn her, Hey, this is the part I was talking about. Read at your own risk. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, you highlighted it. That's so mean. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I didn't highlight it. Like, please read this. It was, it said, do not read if you do not want. So she read it anyways. And she was like, Oh, you know what? It, um, it wasn't that bad. And I was like, I know it was hot. What play? Man, I live by, I live by people watching porn for inspiration. I swear to God, I do. <laughs> I do it all the time. So, I mean, I can't even say anything. I don't even use incognito mode anymore. I don't even care. Yeah. I don't yeah. care. I got no shame, whatever. I mean, <laughs> I feel like the only, I mean, and I think the only thing Facebook is going to be able to find on me is like saran wrap and like toys, but that'll be about it. So don't ask, don't ask. It's okay. an interesting scene I have in my head. Okay. But, yes. So I get my it. My mind's going to a lot of different places right now. Yeah, it's a thing it's a thing don't judge me anyways i'm not um, stevie take over for right reading questions oh boy has a book ever changed your life or your outlook on something okay so i i feel like i read just so much that i don't know if i could pinpoint one book but i would say reading in general has Mm -hmm. so when i when i had my kids um both of them are really, I love them, but they are horrible sleepers. Um, my youngest, so we didn't have kids that slept through the night until my youngest was three and a half years old. So I was waking up every couple hours for five and a half years. Yeah. And so it was, it was rough and, you know, you need, as a mom, you need some, some me time. And I just wasn't finding that during the day. Then I was up half the night and I thought, you know what, if I'm going to be up half the night anyways, I might as well read. And so I got back into reading because I'd stopped reading for a while. I was just too busy with teaching and, 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 you know, mom life and stuff. And I thought, you know what, no, this is, this is it. I need something for me. And so I started reading again and it was just, it, it was great. I got to kind of not necessarily escape, but I got, you know, something else that was just mine and it was entertaining and fun and I loved it. And so that's, that's kind of, it was a turning point for sure. Um, uh, postpartum because we all go through like, as you're, when you're a mom, you go through all kinds of emotions postpartum. Yeah. So I needed it and it was, it was great. I love that. I've been seeing on TikTok, like the fourth trimester, like, I don't know why that's yeah. on the fucking 40 page. Cause I have no kids, but <laughs> it's just like telling, it's another reason why I don't want children, <laughs> but I, um, I'm seeing like people post on TikTok about like the fourth trimester and it's about mm. like women and I think it's super empowering you know because everybody's always talking about like the great side of being pregnant and the great side of having kids and like of course people talk about like how you have rough times with your children but no one ever talks about women like postpartum depression is almost like 
prior to recently, I feel like was something like not a lot of people talked about, you know, like it's, it was yeah, like it wasn't. women didn't talk about it because it was like, you know, I'm not supposed to feel this way about my kid or my body. Like I can't feel this way. And recently the conversation has came up and women are empowering other women by talking about it and being like mm-hmm. the fourth trimester is when like nobody ever tells you how you don't feel like a human in your own body anymore. Like mm-hmm. they don't ever tell you how it feels to feel like, like somebody's like reached inside of you and taken out yeah. a vital portion of you for like eight months of your life, right? Nobody mm-hmm. ever talks about how damaging that can be for somebody's mental health yeah. or how some moms don't automatically connect to their built their baby, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. And it may take moms longer time than others, but I thought it was just very, I thought it was very empowering because it may help out somebody out there yeah. that is like maybe didn't connect with their child within the first two seconds of seeing it and maybe feels like a bad mom because of that. Yeah. And there are a lot of factors that go into that too, right? So uh, one woman's postpartum experience is going to be very different from another's. And I had postpartum anxiety and it was, you know, I felt like there was definitely a part mentally of me missing during that time uh, because it was so caught up in all the anxiety yeah. uh, that it was hard to function, you know, some days or at least function the way that you want to, you, you know, you strive for these things as a mom. And, and uh, you know, I felt most days, a lot of that was out of reach because I was just tired and emotional and just kind of, yeah, it's hard. One lady I follow and oh my God, it was so sad. The video she posted, but it was just so realistic and real. And she's talking about how, like when she looks in the mirror, she doesn't know who her body is anymore. And that's mm-hmm. what she's talking about. Like how they'd like take out this baby from you. That's been a part of you forever or whatever. Yeah. And she's talking about how like she has postpartum and she's afraid her husband's going to leave her because she's not mm-hmm. the same person anymore. And she's depressed and she's not fun anymore. And I was just like, bro, first of all, I don't have kids. Second of all, that's so scary that's just I just I think that that I know for a fact that that has had to help somebody out there that's going through the same thing so I love that this is a conversation I'm here for it women empowerment vaginas rule anywho continue so what attracts you to a book that covered the Borbor recommendation oh I really like this question too um so I really had to look at that like think about that as a from you can think about it from two different perspectives. As an author, you're looking at it very differently. Yeah. Um, as a reader, um, I tend to, of course, the cover, because you're you're scrolling through, you're looking. So cover is one of the first things, but also uh, for me is subtitle. I was literally going to say, we need to add that. This is like the fourth person that's made their own comment about the title or subtitle being what pulls them in. Yes. And because it, to me, it kind of, it's just another way for the author to tell me kind of what's the trope here. Yeah, Am yeah. I interested? So it's another way to pique my interest. Um, and I actually heard that Amazon could be taking away subtitles. So I really hope that's not true. <gasps> they can't yeah. take it out of cover, ho. I don't, yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But like to put it like where, you know, how it goes like the title and then yeah, yeah, the yeah. subtitle. I don't know. I hope that they don't. Uh, because to me that I, I automatically look for that. Um uh, if it's not there, it's not a big deal. I'll just read the blurb, but yeah. So next would be the blurb for sure. Yeah. Um, I've had people ask me, well, how much do you rely on reviews as a reader? And I was like, well, unless the blurb has me asking questions, right? Yeah. So if I think, Hmm, is this a reverse harem? Uh, and I'm not sure then I go to the reviews to see yeah, yeah. because this might be unpopular, especially now. Cause I feel like we're still very, re- everybody's into reverse harem. I don't like reverse harem. Neither yeah. do I. Oh, Ooh, well, I just I, don't. 
it's not my it's not my thing i want to like be fully invested in in the one the one main character like the one hero um so then i check like is it reverse harem because sometimes you don't know sometimes they're sneaky about it um so i usually will go and i'll check the reviews but otherwise if the blurb hooks me in any way i'm like yep looks great this is my one logic with this too is i will purposely read the books with the one star reviews yeah because half the time the people who leave the one star reviews either a haven't actually read the book right b are personally attacking the author over the book Right. Or C, they just don't know their head from their hole in their ass. So it's fine. I will read Some it. Those goes are, ad art. Yeah, they're really entertaining. I know I had a one star that was um, for, um, oh, it was for the experiment. And on Goodreads on Amazon at the time when she got the book, it said <laughs> the top of the blurb says wanted dating coach. Okay. So her review said, <laughs> so funny. Oh, God. Uh, one star. I don't like dating coach books. That's all it said. And I was like, Oh my um, god, this is like my thing with age gap. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Um, I wasn't hiding it. <laughs> yeah, it's there. It's in the blur, bro. It's super there. But I'm sorry you didn't like it. I know some people really don't like dating coach books, and that's totally fair. I mean, I don't like reverse harem. It's just you know everybody has a different you preference. Missing out on reverse harem. I know. I you know what maybe it's just i haven't read enough of them to you need to read the ones mm-hmm. where each boy gets their own pov oh i've only read like third point of view yeah yeah no yeah. oh no oh my god you're not even reading the best ones okay there's my problem right there you the my favorite ones like i mean i i can read third pov ones and i can read ones where it's just one or two of the people but the best ones are the ones where there's the girl gets her POV and the and it's a series and the guys each get their own POV. Okay, it kind of puts you more in the mind of each because I feel I felt disconnected. There's too many characters. I'm not really connecting. Not really, them. yeah. So basically, mm-hmm. you need to go read CL Matthews because that's what she does. Yeah, CL Matthews has a series called Here. It's called Here Lies. So it's Here Lies a Corpse. Here Lies a Sinner. Here Lies a Sociopath and here lies a saint and so it is so the series is so phenomenal and each book has the boys have their own pov and so you can i'm already in love with all of them in the first book but <laughs> you get to delve into like deeper portions where you're like okay this is why i like this one this is why i like this one like it's really good you should try is it one continuous story through all four books or just different points of view of one it's a mystery vibe like oh, a, okay yeah thing so it's really good i really love it i really love the series so i recommend it to anybody i've made a note we're good so right. who are your who are some of your favorite authors to read okay so i'm gonna start with one of my favorite authors when i started reading again um when i was on mat leave um and she got me back into reading again and um unfortunately passed away uh recently yeah uh, i was so, i was so crushed um so cm owens um one of my favorite authors for sure all of her pen names love them all so yeah she she got me kind of into reading again and and i've read i'm pretty sure i've read all of her books um and just love them yeah her uh mind fuck series yeah oh gosh that was so good is in my is in my cart Cause see, I didn't know about her until sadly hearing about her passing away. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, 
literally went and was like looking and I saw that she wrote under a different pen name where she writes a little bit darker romance and I was like mm-hmm. add a cart add a yeah. cart so I'm gonna read those but I I hate hearing that yeah and her pen name for that one is st abby so like stabby <laughs> I loved that I don't know why I, I thought <laughs> I that was so that. great um and then I also um Mariana Zapata um I I love a good slow burn I could just just love everything about it. Yeah. Um, Ella Fields, Melanie Harlow for her small town. Uh, love Melanie for- Harlow. Right. Yeah. Cloverly. Mm, yeah. Um, R.S. Gray. Um, one author that I discovered this year was Ashley Munoz. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and th- so I binged a bunch of her books. <laughs> uh, Candy Steiner, Devney Perry, and then she's a pen name, um, another Lola. pen name, Lula Nash. Yeah. And then Julie Ann, I always recommend people to her Jack and Jill series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really loved that. And Ilsa Madden Mills, those are kind of, those are one clickers for me. So the real question with Melanie Harlow, have you read Bellamy Creek yet? Yes. Yeah. I, a lot of people, I don't think realize that Bellamy Creek was attached to Cloverly Farms in the way that yes. it was. Yeah. And everybody well, kept well saying, done. oh, it's not attached. I'm like, keep reading. Yeah. Keep reading. And- April shows up in April and Franny both show up in Bellamy Creek. So I love when there's crossover like that. And uh, well, especially because those characters and they were college. Franny and girl, the girl from book one were friends, um, roommates in college. And then mm-hmm. the wedding was took place in book two was at Cloverly at Farm. Cloverly. Yeah, I loved that. Yes, I love I love all the small town small town good, goodness. I'm actually so for my next series, there's going to be a bit of overlap as well with series one so because i know who <laughs> i know you have to wait you have to wait for him i'm patiently waiting for him because he's the brother of one of the characters yes <laughs> and so, everybody's been waiting for his story <laughs> yeah a little exclusive information he will likely be book one of series two so mm-hmm. i'm gonna need it spoilers yeah um oh. do you prefer e-reader or physical copies um I like both but for convenience I do e-reader um I just yeah I have my phone or my kindle with me most of the time so it's just really convenient and then if I find a book that I really enjoy and I know I'm going to read it again then I'll get it in a paperback I don't use my paperbacks for reading no, no. no. I'll take them with me if I go like camping or display oh that's good Dang. yeah I know they're so pretty some of them are so pretty touch my paperback I kill you yeah <laughs> there's some I just yeah I just I'll take with me when we go camping or whatever so because sometimes we don't have power so I I can't always rely on electronics so. yeah mm-hmm. so what was your last five-star read okay I think we talked about this the other day um priest uh by yeah, CRC. Mm-hmm. yeah by far oh it was so my good God. that book the smut in that book is insane mm-hmm. especially being raised catholic and going to catholic schools i don't i'm not a practicing catholic um so i don't consider myself really catholic anymore yeah. um but it was i found it so well done uh not only the like the catholic part and getting that information right and you know there were some there were some swipes at catholicism which i found i i, I thoroughly enjoyed um just because it was it was just (laughs) I was like oh yes yeah totally true um but it was also really hot oh absolutely the smut in that book though bro Mm -hmm. I'm not religious I my dad was 
I was raised Southern Baptist, currently not any practicing religion at all. I'm a spiritual <laughs> individual, but um, I, yeah, that book was, I was just like, oh, this is so funny. I was, I love this book. And I, I, when I was reading it at the end of it, I was like, I should send this to my grandfather as a gag. Right? <laughs> like it doesn't disparage, it doesn't disparage any religion. It's no. just kind of, it's just a, an interesting viewpoint and kind of makes you think about a few things and, and Absolutely. then- yeah, and then add some sexy stuff in there. Like okay. I was telling you last night, they have she has Sinner and she right. has Saint coming out. Yes. Which is snail mail. And then Sinner is Tyler's book, which I haven't yeah. read yet, but I'm planning on it. Sinner is is on my TBR for sure. So this is our favorite portion of the podcast, which is trope questions. Um, what is your favorite trope to write and why? Friends to lovers, probably. I just I think because I like a slow burn, I like to build the characters. I like the kind of, you know, that kind of building and the chemistry um, that you get um, right from kind of the start, then you have to wait. And I know some readers think it's torturous. Yeah. I love it. So um, yeah, friends to lovers for sure. What what would you say would be like, (laughs) what would you say is like the longest you've ever had to wait for a sex scene in a book? Like, can you think chapter wise? I think like percentage wise, I think I waited. It was like 88%. Okay. Right. So I did make it. Some people don't make it that far. They're like, nope, it's 50%. And I gave this my honest try, but there is no smut. <laughs> and then they give up, but no, I'll, I'll wait. Sometimes, sometimes you don't get it at all. I've been tricked a few times, not tricked. I won't say tricked, but. Oh, when- don't you hate when you're into a book and it's fade to black? Yeah. Or, or you think it's coming, but then you don't get anything in book one and, and apparently it continues in book two, but you had no idea that that was the case. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I get, I get a little upset and then I grumble as I put book two into my shopping cart. So yeah, literally me though. Yeah. Literally me. So I can wait. I I'm, I'm good with waiting. Um, you a question after this airs. Yeah. After we, after we get off this live. Okay. Okay. So what is one trope you would eventually like to write? Oh, um, okay. There's, there's my realistic answer. And then there's my like, oh my God, that would be so much fun. Um, so realistic answer would be age gap. Um, I want that to be one of the next ones that I write for sure. Um, I love an age gap. Mm, Yeah. And I wasn't until this year, I, I didn't really give it a, a shot. Like I hadn't really picked up an age gap. Um, and then I was reading, was it Carrie and Cole? Don't Ooh. kiss the bride. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Oh, I love don't kiss the bride. And then, yeah. And then I read, uh, then I continue to read her books. You read and, Torn? Yeah. Bro, that's okay. I mean, I think don't kiss the bride is good, but Torn is, oh my God. Bro. I, d- I did. I think I, I'm trying to remember, but yeah, I think I did like that one better as well. I love it. Yeah. They were, they were all really good. So it's like, you know what? I, I think, I think I want to write that, but my unrealistic answer, um, I would really like to write paranormal romance. <laughs> it's not a trope, but like, but like, um, I really like romance is a trope. PNR is a trope. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like it's its own. I treat it like its own genre. Like I just, I, so I enjoy it a lot. PNR what? Like what? Um, like fairies, um, kind of like shifters, some kind of shifters Shifter. or even like, I had like thoughts of um, even like modified, like genetically modified humans or, you know, like, so, like and then, 
like a whole different yeah, a whole yeah, different yeah. kind of world well, I'm um, you, if you ever want to you ever want to dabble and do it i'll beta read the shit out of that <laughs> good to know but yeah then i really enjoy the sh- the rejected mate thing um faded mates, like that werewolves thing. yeah so like wattpad has a shit ton of those i know i've, I've read, seen oh some of God, those bro, i read i read them all the time there's just something very and it's oh my god and it's always the same plot but i don't care i eat it up i literally I love it every time yeah it's the same thing it's like the there's the like the like homely weak girl of the pack <laughs> who hasn't shifted yet and like her parents are mean to her her pack is mean to her whatever and then she shifts and she's like some unicorn of a werewolf like she's got like white fur or something and that's like very rare hasn't happened for like a hundred thousand years and then alpha from a different pack comes and is like Mm -hmm. and she gets rejected by the alpha of her pack who's like no i could never be with somebody like you and then Mm -hmm. alpha from other hot alpha badass pack comes around i'm gonna come in and steal her yeah comes in and steal her and it's like secondary mate thing and i'm like Yes. Oh my God. I'm in literally in love. And it's the same plot every time, but I love it. I love there's it. that one. And then there's also where, um, something causes them not to like either he or she is like, something's happening in the background that the other one doesn't know about. And if I bring her him or her into this, then yeah. they're going to be you know put in danger or something. So then they get rejected and then it. they find their way. That's like second chance, uh, rejected mate. And I also love, love that. It. Like, like, I love how, like, so in most of the ones I've read, they your mate has like a certain scent right and like when yep. in the proximity like it's mm-hmm. like they have a certain i'm like roman love and it's like <laughs> always and like when i'm reading them and i'm like in somebody's pov and they like catch a whiff of something i'm like there she is she's it's going here, down yeah mm-hmm. i literally love it literally yeah i read yeah i read a lot of pnr i just i'm actually currently reading one by avery stone i also so. like so what is one trope you will never write and why okay so this one, I think it would be more from a, I, I don't, I don't think I would have enough knowledge to write it and feel comfortable. Cause yeah. I need to make sure that whatever I'm writing is as accurate as I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably mafia, um, mm-hmm. or of course, like the, the more of the BDSM kind of, you know, those kinds of books, um, yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't be able to write those, but yeah, mafia, just, I enjoy reading mafia romance a lot. <laughs> but I just don't I just don't picture myself writing it ever like so. a 365 days kind of vibe yeah yeah I exactly so if you were in a book what trope would you want for your story well now that we've been talking about PNR I kind of want to do the whole you know rejected shifter thing get myself <laughs> an alpha yes same <laughs> though same but I feel like my current, my, my current love story with my husband is a, is definitely a friends to lovers. Like that was what, what we were for sure. Um, I also really like, like the whole second chance they go off and kind of live their lives and, and then they find each other again. I think that's, I think there's a, it's really romantic. Have you, have you read a love letter to whiskey by Candy Steiner? Yes. Oh, oh my goodness. When I tell you that book ripped my heart out, spit on it and then put it back together. I genuinely thought it was like one of the ones I read that it was not going to be happily ever after. And then yeah, you I, were worried for sure. Yeah. I got to the end and she writes the letter to whiskey, right? She's mm-hmm. like writing the letter. I'm like, oh, oh my God, it's not a happily ever after. This is the end of the book. And a piece of me thought that Candy was writing it. Like the author was writing this letter <laughs> to like the guy and was like, I genuinely thought 
that Candy Fallon <laughs> writing a letter to this whiskey man, hoping it would get out there. And I low-key <laughs> wish that would have happened and he would have read it and they would have got back together like magically or something. But I was like, oh shit, it's a part of the book. That's yeah. how good she was. That's how good it was for me. You know, I, I love like, her books. Oh my God, this is killing me. Yeah, that was a good one. So that is sadly our last question for the podcast, but we do leave this section for you, for you to talk a little bit about yourself. If you have an upcoming book or a sale going on, this Mm -hmm. is kind of just a time to let our listeners know where to find you and to pimp yourself out. So the floor is yours. Why, thank you. Um, I'm not a good pimper, so (laughs) um, I'll do my best. Okay. Uh, So small town romance, it's, um, I would say I have, three books out right now. I have a fourth book coming out in September. Release date has not been shared yet, so that's still to come. Um, So they're kind of quirky, small town, um, steamy, but um, I would say for most of the books, kind of slowly, I wouldn't, I don't know if it's necessarily a slow burn, but you do have to wait for it a bit. A medium slow burn. It's It's a medium burn. Yes. So yeah. most of them are. The only one that's not is the forever plan. Um, they get it on pretty quick. And uh, so <laughs> you've got that uh, if, if that's what you're into. And then um, so Chloe and Hayden's book is going to be coming out in September. And then all of my books are in Kindle Limited and they all are interconnected, but can be read as standalones, which is kind of nice. I would recommend reading them in order because then you kind of have a little bit more background on on the characters and, and the town and, and the antics, <laughs> all the small town antics. So yeah, that's it. Well, you were great pimping yourself. I, I did an okay pimping there. I, you did great. So thank you so much for joining us, Amy. You have been so amazing. This has been great. We love talking to you and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. For sure. Thank you.